There's a tall man sailing in the wild. He'd like to be a dragon, but he thinks he'd blow our minds. There's a tall man sailing in the wilds. He told us not to blow it because he knows it's all worthwhile. Yeah. <clears throat> she did a nice job. Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 67, The Rainwilds Chronicles, book one, Dragon Keeper, chapters 15 through 17, which is the end. And I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, and I'm reminded every time I pick up this audiobook that I am a very new reader. <laughs> My name is Ashley, and I'm just a regular old new reader. I'm Elena. I'm also a new reader. All right. Corrections, omissions, announcements. By now, you know that I posted our last episode late because I, I made a big fumble at 1 a.m. and I was tired. So that's, that's, that was, that's what happened. I, I messed up. I'm suing. Um, <laughs> You're out of the band. Spotify will hear about this. But those, but these events just happened for me because we always record a week early. So I just busted my butt to get you that episode today. So it's it's late, but it still came out on the right day. Uh, so I hope you liked it, and I hope you, if you're Disney, you leave us alone. <laughs> don't send us any candies. <laughs> Speaking of dulcet tones, we have mail from Jackie, who wrote us a new theme song. To the tune of Starman, it's about Tarman. <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley's going to perform that. Okay, I have an email from Jackie P. Yay, Jackie P. This hi, BKR team. I meant to write earlier to say happy 2021 and congrats on finishing another trilogy. I missed you guys during the break. I can't believe we're halfway through this book already. Rachel mentioned rewriting the Wellman lyrics for Tarman, which, yes. But when I hear Tarman, <laughs> I go straight to Doe David Bowie's Starman. There's a Starman sailing in the wind. He'd like to be a dragon, but he thinks he'd blow our minds. <laughs> Thank you to Jackie for that. I like I like the music emails. Please send us more of those. And then I'll try to force pe various people on the on the pod to perform them. <laughs> various. Uh-oh. Well, I she she knows that I'm taking vocal lessons, so I'm maybe she's just referring to me. Hmm. I put in my time on the podcast theme song. I can't do that. That is anymore. true. That is true. If you want to hear Jen Jenny sing, you can just listen to all the episodes of the podcast. She sings the theme song every time. It's heavily automated. <laughs> <laughs> heavily doctored. Oh, it's great. You should, you should, yeah, we're going to make you sing this one. 
whatever the next one is. You and Elena can do a duet. Send us a duet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd have to do it by myself. The problem is that we're in a pandemic and nobody leaves, so there'd be other people in my apartment and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Just require them to prove that they have headphones on that are cranked full blast. <laughs> yeah. Or you can be like me and sing to yourself while you're riding on your on your exercise bike, but silently because like you don't sing out loud. And then Joey walks by 14 times and says, ha, ha, you look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a singer. Oh, I did want to say, and I told this to Elena over the weekend, but I feel like this is also relevant to Alyssa's interest. I have been like jonesing to go to a Renaissance fair. <gasps> You know, like, I have never been to one. Do. Never. <gasps> well, Rachel, oh. the one when we were toddlers didn't count. I only went to that one. Oh, the one small time. one, the free one. I and never have people around oh, no, me who would two. go with two. me. I went to the Philly Run Fair and I went to the That's other true. One. We both went to the Philly Run Fair, too. Yeah. That was an experience. When are we going? To. I get my first vaccine on Thursday, so anytime after <gasps> April oh, something. Well, I'm, wow. I'm getting mine in, like, never, July. Yeah, October. I'll never get mine either, so have fun. <laughs> okay, you guys live in regulated places where enough people, like, give a shit about actually signing up that they have to follow the blocks. Ashley and I are in the South, and there's so yeah. many Trumpers that it's like... You know, basically, oh, it, we're up to a- any age that has a prior condition or works in, like, any kind of care. That's fine. Can like, I come visit either mm, of you? I will get in a car. Yeah, I, I, there's I no rules saying you can't cross state there's lines no to rules. get your vaccine. Come on down. I still will... says, like, vaguely summer. Oh, wow. We're at, like, 55. I think we we just got to 55, so that's the... We're still at 65 and no one. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. We're at 60, but... Like for the everybody else one, it still says summer. It's very like they opened up. Like there's a, a lot of people who are now eligible for the vaccine here, but then it was an issue of like nobody had vaccines in stock, and now like we just like this weekend, I think they must have gotten like a huge resurgence of vaccines because now like everybody that I was on a wait list for all reached out to me today and were like, "Do you want to come in on Thursday?" I'm like, "So I had like five appointments wow. to choose from." Yeah. Shit. They don't even God, like so ask jealous. for your ID or something. Oh, you're from Indiana. Go fuck yourself. Well, I did just read to go back to the Renaissance Fair thing. I read. Yes. I blame the fact that I just read these two amazing romance novels that are set in an oh. end and around oh. a Renaissance Fair, which I was a little like, oh, this sounds stupid. I don't want to read it. And then I was like, I have nothing else to read. I'm going to read them, and they were so cute. And what are they called? And um, well met and well played. And yeah. She's she 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 hit me up today. She's like those ones I mentioned. I've read them. You should read them. They're really good. <laughs> so I was looking at them today. They were so on cute. Amazon. <laughs> they were so cute and not like not as you know. I mean, yeah, they're not as romancy as they could be. Yeah, yeah well met reckon... and well played by Jen DeLuca. Yeah, I was gonna say I recognize the name um, of whoever had written them. So she's definitely somebody that I've heard about probably on a. Yeah, they were super cute somewhere. Yeah, and I all it did make it just made me want to go to one. I was like, oh man, I want to like go to a fair <laughs> and eat a turkey leg. And I know a lot of our listeners are not from the states, so they we, they don't have Renaissance fairs everywhere, and they're not supposed <laughs> to be they're not supposed to be historically accurate. They're just they're like, fun. Yeah, it's like going to Neverland. It's just like there's people in costume, and they have and you know you can buy like 
cotton candy and run around and play with swords and if you have a kid like they they often have really fun like play areas for kids and they're like super tactile and it's stuff like climb a jacob's ladder and like get on a a big swing and like a, a, a giant you know rope swing and have like they'll have stuff that like spin i don't know spins around while you're trying to climb it and i don't know just like lots of gravity games and i really appreciate that that it's not it's not just like a normal playground and it's also not like completely um automated games like you get it at, at the state no it's like axe like throwing for adults while you're drinking and mm-hmm. like the kids get to like shoot arrows and yeah and and yeah play king of the log and you know and you get archery, to go to the joust there's... and see the king and queen and like you yeah. know it's just fun <laughs> eat turkey it's... legs and turkey legs sausage on a stick like i might be one i'm not gonna say it's the one goal because it, like this is that's too low of a bar but one of the requirements <laughs> for you know anybody to be my permanent mister is that he appreciates the fact that i take a selfie with my sausage on a stick every damn time because it's hilarious <laughs> every damn time i always take a selfie with my turkey leg and i also really enjoy the pickles on a stick Those are mm. oh you don't have pickles I'm a pretty serious renaissance fair goer, and um, in January of 2020, I for my birthday, I bought myself a little set of armor to wear to renaissance fair that I haven't gotten to wear. Oh, man. Pick <laughs> one. Pick go. whichever one you want to go to, and let's do a road trip to one. Like, yeah. There's, there's so many yeah, things. I can totally do that. If y'all want to come, it's like, I know it's like too soon, but like Sherwood Fair, it's around Austin. And it's open. This well, time. that would be baller. Yeah, I want to come but eat your But food. that's like now. But you know what? The, Tex- the Texas Renaissance Fair is one of the big ones. It's in the fall, which makes it hard because then it's like, well, we just saw each other at con and there was New York. And then yeah, now, it's hard know, to but, do. Yeah, con they're always in the fall. Yeah, like con. Tuxedo Park is like, I think it runs July through October. Texas is October yeah, and November, Renas- so maybe, maybe instead of Thanksgiving, fair. like y'all can all come to Texas and we can do the fair. <laughs> I could actually do it'll that because be I don't do Thanksgiving with either of my parents. It'll be better than your families, I promise. It'll also, also be better I'll, than I'll a a, good whenever cons start back up. Yeah, I would rather go to Renaissance Fair. It'll they'll be out they'll be outdoors. Yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'm ready for cons. I feel like the first <laughs> time I go back to a con, I'm gonna hyperventilate. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's too many people. I feel like I'd be exhausted. I barely leave the house. (laughs) You guys, I cut my grass. Going to the store is like a production. Yeah. I cut my grass for the first time yesterday in a while because it's been winter. And I straight got winded doing like my little front yard. (laughs) It's like, this is not okay. This is not okay. Like All right, down the I block gotta, to go to the grocery store is like I gotta start us because we've been talking for thirty minutes and we haven't done any content. So, oh. <laughs> are we? <laughs> are we, 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 we had two about. chapters that we didn't have to do this time. Yeah, we did introduce yeah, ourselves and we did we did mail. So there's that. Welcome yeah. to Renaissance Interest Magazine, a podcast about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it would fit Buckkeep. Maybe not the Rain Wild so much, but I'll. Yeah. Look, uh, half of the costumes I've made are fine for a Renaissance fair. Yeah. Like, yes. I'll do. Yes. I also choose like to I believe just... that there is a pickle on a stick vendor in Buckkeep. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I want to be that in the rote co- the amusement park. Oh yeah, we can go as research for Roteland. Yeah, it's for research. We do a tax write-off. <laughs>
Fun fact, the Renaissance Fair near me, the big one, is not actually a Renaissance Fair. It's like a early colonial America Fair. Oh, that sounds white. boo. Ew, that's just like where I live. <laughs> that's just Massachusetts. <laughs> right? Maybe as a precursor to Roteland, we can do the Rote Fair. Yeah. Oh, well, that would kind of be like running our own con. But like mm-hmm. without it's panels like, yeah just like people run around in the park we're the only panel know, it's like food. we do it on the first day at 4 p.m so that it's early enough to where we're not drunk <laughs> and then that's it all right um take us into whatever the hell is next elena you're up yes okay chapter 15 currents um so I know we didn't put a content warning on the episode, but I am going to put one for this chapter. Uh, there's a pretty graphic description of sex with a dubious consent. Um, so that's, you know, just be prepared for that. We pick up with Thymara and squad eating the dragon's dust and scrambling to buddy up and start rowing. Everyone else is just a little bit faster, and Thymara is left with short straw rapscal for a partner. Tats knows it's rude for him to just jump in with Jerd, but not enough not to do it, which leaves Thymara pretty pissy with him. Graft is with the twins, and all the other interchangeable characters are paired together, one of them with <laughs> Sylvie. Thymara and Rapscal have a conversation about how the heck are they supposed to find time to hunt for their dragons and groom them if they have to paddle all day just to keep up. And Thymara is dreading the first few days of rowing season after being off all winter. But when Rapscal stops talking and just smiles, he's really pretty, so maybe she didn't come out behind everyone after all. Uh, Tatsun, you got more competition than Gruff the Creeper. Leftrin um, gets back to Tarman, only to discover three strangers have boarded. The Hunters! Dun-dun-dun. One of them is his old friend Carson, and they have an awkward exchange that could be manly bluffing and swagger, or Carson hinting that he was the operative sent by the merchant. Could go either way. Carson brought his nephew, who's clearly totes naive, and then non-talkative Jess is a stranger to all of them. He doesn't shake hands. Suspicious. Let's hope he's the spy. Unless, of course, the note referred to Cedric. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Carson can tell Leftrin is sweet on Elise because he's he's not blind or a moron and gives him shit about it like a proper friend would. I like Carson. Elise, meanwhile, is crying in her little cabin and wondering why on earth she keeps telling Cedric she's in charge of this motherfucking mission. Her mind is ginning up a terrible day of reckoning wherein she travels on, Cedric goes home, and Hess destroys her library in a fit of rage, or worse yet, sells off all her translations for someone else to take credit for. Shit, she better swallow her pride and get off this boat while she still can. Before she can do it, though, Cedric busts in without any regard for her ladylike privacy. Um, dude. When a woman says no, you can't come in, don't bust down the fucking door, especially if your self-appointed singular job is protecting her modesty from the lustful eyes of a lonely river man. Sheesh. And she discovers that they're headed upriver. She apologizes out of habit, only to realize, A, she wasn't sorry, and B, damn, that is totally habituated. How did that happen? Cedric's cologne reminds her of Hest's, and she wonders if they use the same perfume oils. I mean, <laughs> this woman <laughs> he asks how she can just leave her life and she's like bruh my life is nothing but me sitting alone killing time until i die the real question is how can i go back cedric tries to pretend he doesn't know hest is a totally absent husband and forces elise to tell him flat out she's happier when hest is gone i'm tired of his hard words his hard heart 
in his hard hands. Cedric asks, her, asks if he hits her. No, he doesn't have to. There are many ways for a man to be hard-handed hard with a woman that do not involve striking her, she says. He can grab. He can push. He can take things away from her. He can hold her tight enough to bruise. He can verbally brutalize her. He can be generally terrible and make it all worse by leaving so much ambiguity because no, no, he doesn't hit her. Cedric runs the fuck out of that conversation as fast as he can and right into his own memories of Hest's hard hands. He has the grace to have hoped Hest wasn't a total dick about trying to conceive a child, quote, but of course he would be. That was Hest. And Cedric would know. He met Hest when he was barely more than a boy, at the wedding of the mentor he'd had a crush on, the only person who had made Cedric feel seen and valued as an individual. His father hadn't liked or understood him, and he hadn't been able to confide in his mother or sisters because of that rift. Hest had seen his unhappiness at the wedding, deduced the reason for it, and followed him out into the night when Cedric left the party. He seduced him, courted him, and quickly tucked Cedric away in his own household under the guise of employment, isolated from his family and groomed him to be whatever Hest needed socially and professionally. Hest is a master abuser. Also, the seduction that we get seven pages of detail about shows <laughs> that Hest would give any 1970s historical romance hero a run for his money. See, back then, good girls couldn't say yes, because that would make them immoral slut bags in the eyes of the reader, or perhaps just the publisher, so they had to say no, and the hero had to, quote, no unquote, that secretly, deep down, she really wanted it and wanted him to ignore her objections and just take what they both wanted. So he does. And that's the mode Hest works in. He grabs Cedric, won't let go when he asks what the fuck, kisses him several times despite his protests, and eventually Cedric admits to himself that he wants it. But you know, we never actually see him say that to Hest. And Cedric is now being asked to contemplate life without Hest because he doesn't know if there's a Hest to go back to. But if this trip is his last chance that he's taken it, he's going to get all the dragon bits he can and ride off into the sunset on Hest's stick or otherwise. <laughs> Finally, we jump to the dragons. Sintara is musing on why the other dragons are just following Murkor like he's the leader. Um, clearly, she doesn't remember being a serpent in Malkin's, you know, super cool hypno eyes. And complaining about all the damn tree trunks in the river, laughing at Fenty, who's too short to wade in the deep parts, and getting inundated with memories of dragon selves. Um, past dragon selves being in the water, including flying in to land at Kelsingra and making three courtesy loops so all the people could clear out. The others co-sign that memory but can't remember what comes next, but then it doesn't matter because river pig dung! <laughs> and where there's... <laughs> and where there's dung, there's pig. The dragons get their first chance to hunt for themselves, and boy, do they hop to with enthusiasm. Centara is so delighted to taste fresh blood, she almost doesn't care that she can barely lift that bacon bit, and instead of being able to just smash <laughs> it in her jaw, she has to hit him against the tree a few times. No. But he stops wiggling eventually, and she gets to feast on her very first kill. It reminds her what it is to be a dragon, to hunt for herself, and to have mastery of herself, not be a blind follower. Murkor knows. Murkor always knows. And that is exactly why we had to leave that place, so we can become dragons or die trying. <laughs> Finally, in bird news, Detozi confirms to the reader that Jess is the secret agent because he's sending a super secret message to merchants Begasti Corrid and Synad Erich. Also, any chance you can send me some birds from Kingsley's line? No one is as fast as he is. 
no one grows them like you do, Eric. <laughs> so what's a river pig? Pig that a lives near river the river. pig is they have very long snooters and sometimes are a reddish color and they're really fast and sometimes they have these like long tails coming off of their like i just can't they're beautiful google river pig (laughs) is it a pig it's like a pig or is it it's like a hog it's like a yeah it's not like a guinea pig pig that's a good looking pig no it's a yeah isn't it cute yeah he's like the fox of pigs yes that's it the fox of pigs (laughs) river pig (laughs) yeah it's a shame oh because they're pretty oh they're pretty cute i love them what is that is an interesting pig is it beautiful (laughs) when it runs it's like long hair bits flow in the wind (laughs) (laughs) it's got it's like a warthoggy kind of oh no i just found a Baby river pig picture. Oh my god. Send it to the chat. <laughs> it's it's like a warthog my... with elf ears. Here. I'm just gonna I'm gonna show you on my screen. I wonder if it's his, I wonder if it's the <gasps> same one I did. The elf of pig. Isn't that cute? Oh no. <laughs> He's got the little boar markings. He's a baby boar. Little baby. I love him. I have to admit when I read this, I thought they were talking about Capybara. Oh no! Yeah, I thought I thought it was a rodent. <laughs> oh, there's multiple. Well, I mean, obviously it was pretty pretty big because mm-hmm. like Centara was having to struggle to lift it up. But um, right, but we again we argued about how big these dragons are. It could be a humongous <laughs> capybara. I don't know. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. But it's an actual pig. Yeah, I think it's. Just... Do we think it's weird that the realm of the elderlings is? exclusively peopled or not peopled but populated by like all the real animals and then like really random animals that aren't real like <laughs> the not llamas <laughs> and... no. <laughs> you're very bothered by those jeppas i you? well i want to know what the fuck is a jeppa if every other animal is real why is the jeppa the only fake animal <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a yak. Let's just go with that. A Jeppa is a yak. I'm gonna Google Jeppa. Maybe Jeppa's been real this whole time. Please hold. God. Yeah, no, I'm trying to look it up. It's not. It doesn't seem to be. Nope. It's a musical artist. Well, <laughs> I looked up Jeppa animal. It just gives me like. Did you meet a llama? <laughs> Maybe it's sweet. I'm getting and also Robin Swedish Hall. hits. Maybe it's a Swedish word for llama. Swedish listeners, what is a Jeppa? We'll never know. Will we find them in our forest? I'm look. I'm seeing drawings. I'm seeing a drawing of a llama. I envisioned them as a little sturdier than a llama in my head, but like an alpaca. I don't know that an alpaca is as sturdier than a llama. You just like a llama doesn't really look like it's holding much, you know. Well, this drawing by Snape Lover on DeviantArt. <laughs> <laughs> what is the beginning to a sentence? <laughs> Is it sort of looks like a, I don't know what that looks like actually, kind of llamaish but a shorter, thicker neck. Hmm. Dirty llama. So Elise is choosing life. Seems like. Yeah, I mean, why not? 
she's gonna she's be sort of miserable the best way either possible. way she's like so. i just didn't make any active choices until the boat left and i was still on the boat and now here we are i can't leave yeah not really my fault <laughs> oopsie yeah this um Cedric continues to be problematic in his just like willful blindness in terms of what her situation is. Yeah. Well, he had a good life and like acknowledging how shitty hers was would have, you know, filled him with a lot of guilt. I just really need her to realize what was going on because the whole like yeah. perfume thing was <laughs> like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Like, how many pieces of, of evidence do you need to, like, put this together? She just needs one, but it needs to be a note that says, your husband is gay. <laughs> you know what? Actually, she doesn't even need that. She just needs a note that says, some men like to fuck other men. No, because, I think she yeah, needs it legitimately spelled out for her. I, I think I she's, think she's too naive to even She'd be like, well, I've heard of that, like but the, not that. my Hest. What's gay? Happy? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's <laughs> right, sweetheart. Maybe she this is like so. Heavy. I mean, it's not as if she experiences sexual, like, I mean, she's getting into her lustful feelings now, but, you know, up until that moment, it's like sex has just been something that she had to do contractually. Maybe she doesn't even think people do it for fun, let yeah. alone. That there's all different kinds of sex. Well, she knows that people do it for fun because on her first night, she wanted to have fun. But he got drunk and they had horrible sex. Yeah, I guess I guess there was an inkling there that there was, there could be a good time. But I also felt more like she just wanted to be desired. Like, because she had been told that that's why she had the trousseau, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's very weird how naive she is about it. I mean, I I can I can see it like because she, you know, she didn't have romance novels. She wasn't she didn't get to be enlightened about like what could be or There's no elderly love poems. Like what is she reading? What is she translating? Is it just taxes? <laughs> She's <laughs> reading like the documents they made when they were dissecting stuff and it's all it's not there's none of that. <laughs> Offside Maybe. parking is active on Wednesdays and Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it was all like odes to the dragons and that's not like sex. That's like, I mean it's love but it's not it's like oh right, beautiful right. queen oh you know lord of the skies it's like chivalric who casts yeah. a shadow larger than a tree you know like it's it's yeah. <laughs> um We've also got a couple. We got some new characters. We got Jess and Carson, and the, I forget. I always forget what the nephew's name is because it clearly doesn't Gabby. matter. Yeah, or not yet Baby anyway. Gabby. I don't remember something, like that. something. Whatever. It's like Carson's D A V V I E or something. Dave. I'm sorry. I was derelict in my duty because literally I forgot he existed. <laughs> you said Matthew. Davy Jones. <laughs> I love that, like, Tarman is now legitimately crowded. Right? Plank of wood. Do you think that he likes it or is frowning? Hmm. He only I has eyes. Like his eyes. 
Yeah, you can frown with your eyes. It's the opposite of smizing. Yeah, you just squinter. <laughs> wink. He fries. <laughs> so now there's an agent of chaos aboard. Yep. Someone working for a bad guy. Always be and... suspicious. I assume it's the, the silent one. Yeah, it's you it's, think it's, it's you don't think it's Carson and his smiles? No, it's definitely Jess. No. But well, I mean the <laughs> Jess. Chad. I, I Jess. thought it was Jess, but Michael. it's like it's kinda kinda confirmed, you know, at the end with the with the pigeons. Yeah. yeah. I mean he, what other yeah. super top secret scrolls would you be shipping out? Especially to those two. Yeah. So. <laughs> I re- so I read remember how I read all these and I read them really fast. For like two chapters, I forgot what Kim's name was, and I thought Kim and Jess were the same person. Ah! I was like, like, oh man, that fucking narc. Here they are. (laughs) Maybe they're cousins. I was really, yeah, super disappointed that those are not, in fact, the same character, because that would have been funny. Yes. To have one of the people that come out of the pigeon pigeon mail to to be real. Um, and then, of course, we got we've got that his that that yeah that very nineteen seventies very that's a spot on analogy, Elena. That very nineteen seventies seduction scene between Hest and Cedric. Yeah, which uh, so it's funny because you know we had that conversation before RTFB that we didn't record, and I was like, oh, here's a chance to slip it in on the on record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. kind of like the the rain in Malta initial dream box kind of romance. Which she wanted. Too. She wanted to be kidnapped, and Rain's like, okay, I guess I can kidnap you if that's what you <laughs> <Yeah>. want. <laughs> that's what she requested. Yeah. Um, well, what was what's interesting about it, kind of looking at it from a um, sociological point of view, like I, I don't, I, I almost think it can't be a coincidence. You know, like she's she's definitely had she has enough romance novel tropes scattered in, like these books in particular, yes. um, that I feel like it's v- being done very deliberately, um, and it's an interesting kind of turnabout from the naive heroine who's like asleep to her own sexuality and has there's so much sort of um cultural pressure for her not to you know that that's kind of turned around and put onto a male character um Mm -hmm. and then yet you all and yet the other part is being played by hest who is also a male character and would have the same you know cultural pressures against and the same like like he has something to lose except he's like chosen to own you know to own what he wants and to find a way to get it you know anyway yeah i think i think what and i'm you know we're we're gonna read all these books but right now it's a little scary because it's like the somewhat healthy relationship is hetero and the really fucked up one is not and Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of like um especially since you know coming off fits in the pool and some of that toxic energy that is kind of you know like runs a little bit counter to the narrative and not to mention like all of the you know sort of um rape messaging 
uh, in the last trilogy that was set in this part of the world, which I mean, I know that like you guys right. have said, that's not what these books are like, but if you don't, if, if you're not, if you don't have friends to like read ahead and reassure you, you know, there's also like waiting for that, like, oh God, you know? Right. Right. And also remember that, you know, the story, some of the stories that we've gotten from the fool uh, are a little bit indicative that maybe something was weird was going on when the fool was young. So I get a little, mm. I get a little defensive of this idea that homosexual relationships are the result of abuse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I don't, I, I feel, and I think Alyssa and I have talked about this. We don't feel that that's where, that's where this is going. Um, but it's, if you're reading just this, you know, if you get this far, then you think, oh, that could be where this is going. And that can be anxiety inducing. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, also it's, you know, kind like if, if, if you're choosing very deliberately to, you know, to send a message, it's also like, well, what, what message are you choosing to send here? Right. And I, and I encourage anyone reading the, especially this particular storyline to wait until the end before making your, your decision on what that message is. Um, Seconded. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it is, I, I really actually wonder if, if the entire realm of the elderlings was picked up and pushed forward 20 years, you know, if, if Robin Hobb didn't exist until 20 years later, wrote the same books, essentially, with the current kind of genre uh, diversity that we see now, especially with the embracing that a lot of readers have for romance in fantasy, they're as like a single unit instead of two very unrelated genres, what would these books look like? And I think mm. that they would be mm. way different. All I can hear is Jack and Althea together yes. at last. Yes. No, yes. <laughs> Number one, yes. The thing, I think Brash and who? Who's that? He died in the first book. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, even though these particular books were written, what, like not even 10 years ago? it's still part of a world that she created, you know, 25 mm-hmm. years ago. So it's, there's still the rules. The rules are, I think being updated in these books, particularly, I think these books serve a very specific purpose or like in the development of, of her, of, of, of her realm, but still within the rules that she set up 25 years ago. So that's, that's what I will say about that. It's not a comfortable scene. Uh, but it is nice to finally see some gay characters on the page that isn't just a no homo, like. That aren't explicitly actually gay. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one person being like, that's not natural. I don't like it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I will say this about, about both of them. Like neither Hest nor Cedric were abused by their families. Like Hest is kind of allowed to be a bully just by force of personality. And he gets away with it maybe in part because like he's the heir and he's, you know, the, the golden son. And so that's kind of like, really, that's not about him being a gay character. That's about him being a fucking Chad. And they don't feel guilt for it either. Like they feel guilt. I think Cedric feels guilt maybe about like not being truthful to his friend, Elise, but there's no guilt 
about their right relationship. about their relationship it's more just like the the, the social cost it, and yeah then, it's really yeah. just yeah which that's really refreshing yeah at this point in the series so um we've got hest we've got carson and his nephew we've got jess we've got elise making choices so dragons dragons is it my turn does that mean you want me to go or do we want to talk about dragons? well i mean if we have comments about <laughs> do we have do we have comments about the dragons otherwise yeah beyond the river they're there here's my comment. they're hungry they're finding a sense of self-worth my, my comment on the dragons I couldn't figure, find out how to figure out how to work it into the write-up, but it's just the, the scene in Serenity when um, he's like, you just spent three months with, with cows on my boat and you didn't give a shit about them and what, like suddenly they're fascinating. She's like, but now they remember that they're cows. Oh, right. So it's like they weren't <laughs> dragons before, but now suddenly they are. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Use it or lose it, man. They got, had to like get in there and... Eat those adorable river pigs. I just want to give them an impossible whopper and be like, what about this? What if we stopped eating cute pigs? I just want to turn them into herbivores. I mean, I am proud of them, though. I'm glad that they, you know, were up for the challenge. You know, if they did, though, they would just eat the entire rainwild forest and then, like, they'd all be screwed. But the rainwild forest sucks. (laughs) <laughs> they can't even get in and out of the trees at one point they say the trees are so woven so tightly woven that they can't get through them i know but if, i'm saying if they were gonna eat plants instead of meat, oh, they see. would just You're eat talking, the entire yeah. forest <laughs> tourists would come and They'd be, be like, like salad bar and then it's just like <laughs> tourists would come and be like it's a veggie sore and everyone would be like oh <laughs> Without the constant threat that they may eat you. Not as cool. They're not as scary. Yeah, they're just not as cool. <laughs> not as cool. Hit us, hit us with chapter 16, Ashley. Chapter 16, the community. Uh, the chapter opens with Namara having some regrets about what the group signed up for, laying awake at night like, oh God, what did we do? Um, and to which her ragtag teammates are all like, we did it for the money or to be doing something new. And then somebody's like, just shut the fuck up. I'm trying to sleep. Which is basically kind of like that little scene we had with the dragons not that long ago. Um, but Rapskull says that he signed up for it because he didn't have anything else on this calendar. And also because this is the best time of his life. And I just want to warn him to be careful, Rap. Don't peek in high school because it's not cool. <laughs> uh, Thamara acts disappointed that she's always paired up with Rap. And she's just like on the pity pot about like not getting being a canoe with anybody else. But then she realizes twice we get it from her that he's just some sweet, sweet eye candy. So it can't be that bad. Um, she just, you know, can't stand his personality. Been there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's every high school boyfriend. Right? Uh, a new day on the river sees the dragons learn how to fish for themselves. So they earn their level up hunting badges and some bragging rights. And they boast about how they won't need humans and Samara starts to spiral again in her own thoughts and she's just kind of thinking to herself like you know are they gonna just keep us around until they don't want us and they're just gonna eat us like what the fuck is gonna happen and then as she's thinking to herself she's kind of like staring at all the people and their dragons and she stares at Grossy Greft and he catches her which is just the absolute worst and I felt really bad and then she just 
you know, he tries to lure her over and she stays strong. She's like, nope, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking past you. And she does exactly what I do when I get caught staring. And I just pretend to steer blindly past them. But the key is you can't flinch. You gotta, you can't commit. <laughs> Don't, not even, not even like a split little millimeter. You just gotta stay stoic. And then even though you know that they know that you're pulling, you know, trying to pull a fast one, you still feel a little bit better afterwards because you're like, damn, I was a really good actor. I really held it down for that. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, even though the dragon's just gorged on a seafood buffet, Thamara decides that she needs to go hunting and she's stealthy as shit. She just uses those little claw hands of hers and she's just climbing up them trees and stalking her elk and she kills one in no time. But as she's cutting off a leg to drag back to camp, the creeper goblin Gruff shows up and he tells her that she's a good hunter. For a girl, because we all know Greft just really knows how to compliment a lady. You gotta make him feel insecure. And Thamara promptly tells him to eat a bag of weenies. So he offers to help carry more of the elk back to camp, and Thamara declines the offer and says that Tats will be coming along. So no means no, Greft. Stay away. Uh, we cut back to the camp, where Rap is inter- interrupting Skymaw and Elise to ask where Thamara is, because there's food, and he wants to make sure she gets some, which is kind of really cute. Uh, Elise is annoyed because she's trying to be a double D, which is a dragon documentarian, and Rap won't go away. <laughs> and Elise <laughs> caught a little ice scale in her hands, and she's like, oh, here, Cedric, take this teeny little ice scale so you can draw it later on. And he's like, hells yeah, I will. And Skymall's like, nah, son, that scale is mine. And she slurps it up with her giant tongue in extreme accuracy. And Rap consoles Cedric, even though he doesn't deserve it. And he's like, oh, you need a scale here. I have this giant one the size of my hand. It got caught on my pants while I was riding my dragon during flying lessons. And this triggers Skyma in a very serious way. And she's like, you little speck, how dare you ride a dragon? And Rap's like, say it again. We can take this outside. And thankfully, Elise is like, Rap, you technically are a speck and she will need to eat. She will eat you. So just get the fuck out of here. So Rap runs away, but not before laying down a sick yo mama has a fat ass joke. So (laughs) (laughs) back to Greft and Samara, the whole exchange, they're still going back and forth in the woods about carting the meat back. And he gets really close and breathy and he's just really fucking nasty. He's trying to convince Samara that she doesn't have to live by the old rules. So, you know, no mating, that's out the window. And then she can live her own life and do whatever she wants, except for she doesn't want to do Greft. So, ew. And it's just like saying to someone who hits on you in the bar, you say no to them, but they're drunk and then they're like a really close talker. And despite you saying you're meeting your boyfriend for dinner, they just won't take no. So Thamara tells him for the thousandth time that she will handle her own meat and tells him to keep his grubby hands off. So she gets back to camp and the silver dragon is being tended by Sylvie and Tats. And the silver guy's tail wound is getting really gross because he got it wet in the river. And so they play Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman and they bind it with cloth and tar, which is really cool. High five. And we also learn that Mr. Copper Dragon is not doing great. So in trade for helping take care of the dragon that she was supposed to be caring for anyways, Thamara lets Sylvie and Tats get on on her meat schlepping business and away they go. However, when they get back to the elk, Graft and some other turd whose name I wasn't bothered to look up, they're there chopping up the elk and taking pieces. And this spirals into a long, boring, and enraging argument between Greft and Thamara, and he again manages to manipulate Thamara's great accomplishment into um, basically what he wants to turn into a smear campaign when he gets back to camp. So to say that she was being selfish and wouldn't share. And um, Tats and Sylvie tried to get her to let it go because Greft is just going to start the smear campaign and it's just going to ruin everything and she's never going to win. 
and she decides to be the bigger person, but just barely. And so they get back to camp, and wouldn't you know, Trader Joe's had a special on river hogs, and it's a meatly feast <laughs> complete with music, so possibly a run fair. Uh, <laughs> Greft indeed made himself look good by curing an elk, taking away Thamara's glory, and they disperse the other elk to Murkor, who is just so old and wise and lovely and so hungry. He's always so hungry. I feel badly for him. <laughs> and then they give some to Silver and they give some to Copper. But Copper is, like, really not doing good, you guys. And he just kind of, like, chews on some of the jerky while he's laying his head in his bowl like a lazy cat. <laughs> and so from the Burb blog, Eric is sending to Tozy some tasty peas for her Burbs. And also to Baby Burbs from Kingsley's line, Greft, take a note. um yeah this is the most uh like lord of the flies scene where it's like this is my meat no it's your meat i'm like are they gonna start hacking each other they should have (laughs) and they get back and they find out that like oh the actual real hunters that they hired are way better than everyone else (laughs) and it doesn't matter at all (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) It's so but you know what? They just bad, had river like, pigs, so this was, you know, this is shaking up the diet a little bit. That, and they, you know, they make sure that the sick dragons get some meat, which yeah. is important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starving Merkor. So hungry. Poor brown <clears throat> dragon. Yeah. I feel like I need an updated band t-shirt to the one I'm wearing, which is the Malkin <laughs> and the Tangles shirt. And Merkor. it's just like... Mercor and the and the nomadic dragons. <laughs> Mercor and the and the mudworms. Mercor and the stubbies. <laughs> <laughs> Mercor and the stubs. There you go. Mercor and the stubs. Stubs. <laughs> anyway, I hate Greft. I think I hate Greft more than Hest because oh, yeah. like Hest ooh, doesn't ooh. pretend to be anything that he's you, not. And do you hate Greft more than Kyle? They're kind of oh. very close to me. They are very similar. Like, the manipulation factor is just really manipulate. gross. Yeah. yeah. I think I hate Graft more than Kenneth. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> That's pretty strong. Okay. St- more than strong Kyle, stance. less than Kenneth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so far. Right. But TV. we'll see because there's is Graft- so much potential for him to like... <laughs> Is Graf spending his time at the at the fire every night, telling everybody his sad story about how they should feel bad for him? Because then maybe I hate him more than Kenneth. I would. Not. I don't think Graf has had enough page time for me to hate him more than either <laughs> Kyle or Kenneth yet. But we'll see. He's on I notice. would maroon all men equally. <laughs> <laughs> um. What else happened in this chapter? Oh, Rapskull. He's so cute. Yeah. Um, Would you maroon Rapskull? Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> Aw, I'll take him. <laughs> he's like, um, Thymara's like. But who else is going to hold flying lessons for your dragons? Yeah. yeah. He's going to. And, and also, she gets to sit behind him and stare at his, like, muscly back for, like, 12 hours a day. <laughs> well, I, as long as he's being objectified. I think, his, <laughs> I think that his, uh, his personality is pretty cute. Yeah. yeah, like he, he's a himbo. She, she herself even like said, like everybody thinks that he's like simple Jack, but in fact he's just he just kind of sees things differently. Yeah, but there's actually a legitimate place for that, like not being you know 
actually dumb, but just like truly having, you know, just a unique perspective on things and like not being limited by the pers- the common perspe- perspective. Um, and so like, like look at How to Train Your Dragon for anybody who's seen that movie. Literally, Rapscal is hiccup. Like... <laughs> Oh, don't get Rachel started. <laughs> I do hate that movie. Have you seen that movie? I think that they are exploiting the dragons for bad ends, and they need to leave them alone. That's my thoughts. <laughs> you should you should wiki the entire story arc across the trilogy, and I'm I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> yeah, you might like the later movie. Maybe did the dragons free themselves from their? Did they retcon did themselves they form out a of union? slavery? Reformer Union. <laughs> yes. Um, it's funny how like all those dragons are like super like different looking. That reminds me of like this crop of dragons, which are not all. You know, there some of them are like lizardy, and some of them are like froggy, and mm-hmm. you know, they're not like all just like badass dragons. They're all just kind of cute. It's like dragons from every tradition. We've got Falcor, we've got a Chinese dragon, we've got like an ice wyvern, we've got Smaug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mostly Falcors. I had a client today at work. They look like they look like Shih Tzus, everyone. You had a client, Ashley? Oh, I had a client today whose last name was Snodgrass. And I was like, that would be a cool dragon name. <laughs> That's sick. Damn. That sounds like an especially that... powerful wizard. It's, yeah, or <laughs> yeah. a candy at Willy yes. Wonka's joint, you know. <laughs> or both. Snodgrass. So like Snodgrass. The last. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I foresee some kind of showdown between Gref's people and Thymara's people. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Will the dragons take part? The dragons do not care whatsoever. The dragons <laughs> are like, why are our stupid humans fighting each other? They They might stop the fight just for the sake of having their keepers stay alive and continue to feed them. Yeah. Be like, why are you fighting each other and not grooming me? Get to it. I think the only way the dragons would turn against anybody is if they thought that they were taking parts of them, you know? So if he just straight up lies about that and tries to frame. Well, speaking of, (laughs) let's do chapter 17. All right. Chapter 17 Flirting and Power Move. As the chapter opens, <laughs> we find our fave scoundrel, Captain We find our fave scoundrel, Captain Leftrin, enjoying his morning tea outside Elise's cabin and straining his ears for the sounds of her getting dressed. He can't wait for her to emerge so they can spend another morning flirting and admiring the swamp. <laughs> While he sips his tea, they are careful to mention tea like 15 times. Leftrin thinks jealously about all his possible competition for Elise's attention. A funny boy, a musician, a stupid sexy Cedric. <laughs> Leftrin is also not the only one crushing as hard as, as apparently the leg of the Rainwild River that they chose 
just happened to be Dawson's Creek. (laughs) (laughs) All these scaly teen keepers finally away from the society that forbids them to have relationships is the perfect setting for some marsh smooching. As of yet, though, their ingrained taboo against the deformed Rainwilders mating has tempered their situation to a state of just constant flirting all around. Everyone's flirting all the time. Before Elise can finish getting ready for the day, Leftrin has been plagued by the appearance of a Cedric. Ced is there to confront Leftrin about the obvious flirting between him and Elise. Leftrin's tea suddenly became coffee at some point, and now he starts chugging his coffee, (laughs) which is way too hot to drink because he's looking for a way out of the conversation. Leftrin explains that he has nothing to be ashamed of as he remembers holding Elise's shoulder and uh, directing her towards, quote, Saw's Plow in the Southern Sky. (laughs) Cedric, known idiot in the ways of the world, warns Elise, uh, warns that Elise knows nothing of men and also that taking her away to the Rainwilds means that she will lose the money that she uses to study her passion, the Rainwilds. <laughs> <laughs> Flawed logic aside, Leftrid is somewhat swayed. Cedric proposes that he let them return to Treehog and stop this dalliance before it gets out of control. Before any decision can be made, though, they are interrupted by Sylph's crying over the apparent death of the sickly copper dragon. It's not actually dead, but nearly so. Eaten up by parasites, says Rapskull. Greft wants to make the best of the situation and sell the body for some fucking cash money. Murkor is having none of that, though, <laughs> and the golden dragon has been seriously bulking up, so you know he means business. He's gleaming gold, he's buff, and he's nearly looking like a normal dragon. Murkor strides up and then trumpets, Dragons are not fucking cash money! (laughs) (laughs) Murkor, with the assistance of Sylv, watches over the dying copper and tells everyone else to fuck off. Almost as an afterthought, Murkor tells Thymara that Skymall's actual name is Centara and that she should have told Thymara a long time ago. Hot damn, Murkor. He's just, like, doing power moves all over the place. (laughs) Back on the boat, Elise hides in her cabin, despairing over her forbidden crush of the captain of the football team. I mean, the barge. (laughs) Elise thinks about Althea and is jealous of the control that that woman has over her life. Somehow, I don't think Elise would be jealous if she knew the journey it took. And yet, Elise is going down her own journey that is, you know, I can't help but uh, compare the two. Who knows what her journey might provide. I think it's an interesting Hopefully parallel. Pants. Elise provides to not break... Elise revo- resolves not to break her marriage pact, but still take as much joy out of the situation as she can possibly get. The commotion with the dragons brings Elise back onto the deck, and with everyone else moving towards the dragon, Cedric moves in to tell her his plan to leave. Cedric compares Hess to Leftrin, which causes Elise to involuntarily hiss like a cat. I think it's interesting that the voice actor uh, sounds a bit like an angry dragon or a sea serpent when she's voicing Elise at this point. So Cedric, who is making Elise a cuckold, warns Elise about how badly it would hurt Hest's reputation for him to appear to be a cuckold. 
which is just <laughs> wow. Uh, Elise then flees from him towards the commotion of the dragons. Cedric finally contemplates the dying dragon. Would they be able to tell? We next get a recounting of Cedric's shady doings from the night before. This is tactical espionage action. He creeps onto the cabin, then hunches over his uh, his little cupboard like a shrimp before opening his secret underwear drawer full of forbidden dragon bits. It's this setting that Cedric recounts the nefarious de- deeds of the previous night. The copper dragon has been slowing down day after day, and last night it had finally been obvious that she was about to die. So, luckily, Elise had distracted Leftrin, who happened to be the person on watch. And even more luckily, the sickly dragon is kind of an outcast at this point and sleeps on the outskirts of the group. Cedric claims a few scales uh, by prying them off of the dragon, and it doesn't really even uh, react. And then in a show of sick, macabre comedy... This high society secretary attempts to bleed a tiny vial of blood from the dragon with a butcher's tool that he has never used before. He fills the vial and then, oh shit, oh fuck, oh fuck, 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 <laughs> damn it, fuck, shit. The dragon keeps bleeding. It's bleeding everywhere, fountains of blood. Cedric dumps uh, clumps of mud onto the wound and eventually gets it to stop bleeding, but not before there's blood everywhere. He, he like describes it as the dragon is just sitting in a pile of blood. Uh, he, quote, cleans up the mess, which I assume is just, like, throwing mud around everywhere and mixing mud with the blood, so it's just muddy blood everywhere. Um, he sneaks back on board the boat and gets nearly gets caught tossing his bloody, muddy clothing into the river. Back to the present, Sed thinks about how they'll never catch him. He's covered his tracks way too well. Oh, yeah, during this process, he decides to taste the dragon blood, and at some point afterwards, he hears voices in his head. He thinks to himself, a dragon is just like a cow or a chicken to be used in any way that we see fit. And then he hears a voice in his head that says, actually, it's exactly the opposite. So, oh, Cedric. Oh, man. I'm personally hoping that Cedric turns into the sexiest scaly boy. Oh, he he's going to turn scaly so fucking fast and Hest is going to hate him. <laughs> <laughs> regardless there is absolutely no fucking way that he's going to get Hester to run away with him like he planned so it, i don't think it matters uh <laughs> the book ends with a letter from elise's father to the Rainwild council asking to clarify about a confusing message about his daughter's contract with the Rainwild council oh and he paid extra money for a quick delivery and we know for a fact that their family is not rich, so they are obviously very concerned about what they've heard. Yeah, that she signed up to <laughs> go deep into the rain wilds. Mm-hmm. All right, so Cedric is money, money, money by the pound man, and he <laughs> he is ripping and cutting and chipping and all that stuff and drinking. Not wise, my man. Not wise at all. Not even accidentally. Not like so much blood it actually gets in the mouth. It's like, hmm. You know, oh, that looks good. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> Does the body good? I know when I see a large, dying, rotting animal, I want to drink its blood. 
Yeah. Oh my god. It's got sparkles in it. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Goldschlager. <laughs> That's weird shit. So I have a horrible theory, and I I really hope the copper dragon makes it because I feel like maybe the copper is Shriver. Because Mur- Murkor was like, it's a she. Motherfuckers. It's a she. Yeah. And that's the only she that it could possibly be. Because, like, the other personalities just don't match, you know? So I'm like, oh god, is that Shriver? Then she better fucking make it. she was it. pretty rough <laughs> going into her. Into her. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, and Murkor, and Murkor clearly gives a shit about this dragon. And I don't think it's that he just gives a shit about all the dragons. You know, yeah. I think it's, like, it seems personal. Is he going to become Shriver's dragon keeper? Aww. Who, Cedric? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's about to be fucking scary Or, or Shriver's like, elderling. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he, yeah. That was... Well, I, I just think it's... It's been, you know, this is a YA novel, right? And and he he has protested too much, so. <laughs> you know. This is what you get. You want to leave? You think it's gross? You think everyone here is dirty and ugly and has and scaly? Well, here's some dangly bits for your chin, player. <laughs> Let's see how well they match the lace. <laughs> Sucking down dragon blood. That can't be good. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe. I, we, the readers all know how dangerous that is. And it's like, I, don't, I guess he's so fucking dumb and so unwilling to, like, believe that these are intelligent creatures and not just, like, animals that everyone's mass hallucinating around. Um, <laughs> that, like, he, it can't. Like it wouldn't occur to him that maybe there's there's some magical shit because like dragons, and that he well, should it's, be careful. It's, it, what concerns me is that the Duke of Chalced has you know, he's really trying to get his hands on dragon bits mm-hmm. by hook or by crook, and like well what the fuck happens if he gets them? Like is he gonna turn into like some kind of monster? <laughs> like, like some some weird like malformed elderling. It's like if you eat enough of them, is that yeah? Like maybe like what happens if they don't find dragon bits for him, and instead they they come across others' beach, and they're like, "This is good. This is good." <laughs> what happens? Yeah. What happens when a human eats another? Yeah. What happens? <laughs> What's the like cross between human and fish person? Like the reverse mermaid, where it's like human legs with a fish head. <laughs> already what they are the duke of chelsea has turned into a fish man i assume you get the memories and then you probably as a stupid human you can't comprehend it and you get lost in the memory yeah probably well what is it that they said to fitz like some back some at some point way back your ancestors were elderlings and Mm. that's where you get your skill magic or, you know, isn't that what, remember there's like a thing where Fitz is like, oh, you're trying to tell me that I'm part dragon. And then like Shade was like, uh, yeah, uh, not really. 
I'll be honest, I don't have a very strong memory of that, but I take your word. <laughs> I, I do remember it. I'm not sure what the difference is between just, like, drinking a bunch of Elderling or Dragon Blood and being... And 2,000 years being of like genetics. kissed by a dragon. Yeah. Selden is going to be jealous, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. He's going to be like, um, Tintaglia. Give me some of that blood. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in Selden and Cedric are the ones who end up together and not Thamara. Or, um, yeah, Thamara and Selden. Maybe. So at the- I we just don't- want to hear Cedric start spouting poetry. Poetry. <laughs> it's just the gift of poetry. At the beginning of the next book, like literally 15 minutes later, they're going to confront him. And ask him if he if he drew blood from the copper dragon. He's going to be like, no. And his eyes are going to have like you know multiple lids, <laughs> glow in the dark. And... I don't know what you're talking about. His He's eyes like start swirling. Like, <laughs> his ah. eyes are literally swirling. The tail gold. pokes through the butt He's of his pants. He's looking like a Miyazaki. Yeah. He's got like, like forest spirit. Like he alone can hear the copper dragon. The copper dragon says that she's been talking to you all day. (laughs) Ever since you sucked her blood. (laughs) And she's like, she's like, you fucking bastard. She's like mean. (laughs) Leaving, leaving a lot of really just foul messages on Cedric's voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there is also uh, a little bit of pigeon mail at the end of this book that yeah. I think serves as a way to uh, impart on the reader just how important Kingsley the pigeon is. Oh, Kingsley. Yeah. It says, here, let me read it. It says, it, this one's from uh, from Eric to Detozi, and it's during the reign of the most noble and magnificent satrap Cosgo. So this is uh, back in time. It says, this night I've dispatched to you four birds bearing in two parts our agreement with the dragon Tintaglia to be ratified by the Rainwild Council. Trader Devouchet, leader of the Bingtown Traders Council, suggested that duplicates must be sent. They sum up the formal agreements between the traders and the dragons. We are to aid her serpents in traveling up the Rainwild River in exchange for her assistance with defending the trader cities and waterways against the Chalcedian invaders. So the note is Detozi. A brief message of my own, penned in haste, in a very small space. All is chaos here. My bird coop scorched in the fires the invaders set, many of my birds dead from smoke. I'm sending Kingsley as one of the messenger birds tonight. You know I raised him from a squab by hand after his parents died. Please keep him safe there, and do not return him until we know that all is well. If Bingtown falls, treat him well, and keep him as your own. Pray for us. I do not know that Bingtown will survive this invasion, dragon or no. And that's when Detozi fell for him because she was like, my God, this man loves his birds. (laughs) (laughs) He's magnificent. All um, of Kingsley's descendants are the best pigeons. So that wasn't in my book. It's after the character. It's... I. It's in a oh, weird spot, really? but yeah, it's after the. It's in a really weird spot. Descriptions. Okay. If you're on a Kindle, what? It's after oh. cast of okay, so... characters. 
Oh, okay. Mine's I in did... the beginning, the cast of characters. Oh, weird. So yeah, because I, I I bought the 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 four pack on my Kindle, so it's just like it's just one document for all of it. So yeah, I did not move it's... forward past like the cast of characters. I was like, oh, that's the end of the text for this book. Yeah, because it's like the oh, chapter the first... seventeen closes, and it goes about the author, mm-hmm. and then books by Robin Hobb, then mm-hmm. cast of characters, and then this letter. Yeah, it's listed in. I've got that same four pack, Elena, and it's mm-hmm. listed in the table of contents. It's weird. I have the letter, but it's the first. It's the first thing. After the, uh, after the title end. page, yours is oh no, weird. Is, ours is, is is it? The- oh yeah, I think in my actual book it is too. Oh, so it's like it's just in the wrong spot yeah. in our version. <laughs> yeah, because my in the in my actual like physical book that I bought, the cast of characters is at the front, and then this is after that. Oh, oh. shit! Yes. Okay. Well, let's talk about the placement of this yeah, particular right? letter and what it does to the reading of the story. <laughs> How important is Kingsley the Pigeon? Clearly, he's a VIP pigeon. Um, main character. Yeah. <laughs> this should be the Kingsley give Chronicles. Kings- God damn. They should, they should give Kingsley the dragon blood. See what happens. The ultimate bird. Gosh, <laughs> well, you know, a, a, according to the current theory, like, birds evolved from dinosaurs. So really, it would, you know, like, not, not a big stretch from dinosaurs to dragons. I think that our malformed dragon friends would be real jealous because Kingsley could fly. Yeah, <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be pretty salty about that. It'd be like a really tiny dragon, but like perfectly formed. It's just really small parrot-sized <laughs> dragon. <laughs> That'd be really cute. Like like Tintaglia in uh, in Nettle's dreams before she got big. Just like yeah, that. little gecko. So, what do we think about Hess? Not Hess, Cedric. Cedric drinking blood. Obviously, the last chapter a bit of a a bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, like what the fuck is is like she turned in a manuscript and they're like we're gonna make this two books so they just they just cut it in half. Yeah. Like that's really what this feels like. It this, was an odd place to end. I mean, it's it's like I guess it's a turning point in that they've kind of reached like a okay a bunch of things are sort of coming together and decisions will have to be made that will like affect things, but it's also just like. So it doesn't feel like the end of a book. It just, there, there was nothing brought to a conclusion. Like, the yeah, ending of the book, I feel like, would have made more sense with, like, the dragons leaving the beach. Yeah. yeah. And that would have been a very would short been, book, like, a but, you know, like, at least that would have been, like, an, an ending and, like, moving on to the next phase. But this is just, like, and this dragon might be dead and it might be Cedric's fault. And we're done. <laughs> Eli, is this the chapter that you did? Is that the one where Leftrin and Elise have like their like, we mustn't see. It's when they no. he teaches her how to tie knots. Yeah, but they, they you get this. Ha- they have not had a, a we mustn't conversation. Like they've they've no both... that they have like a their lips are really close. And yeah, like, it's yeah. it was yeah, my chapter, other. but it's very okay. it's very much like uh sort of recounted from both of them, and they're like they both do a little bit of flashback about it. Um. But yeah, they were teach. Will he was teaching her how to tie knots, vows. and she pretended to not know how to tie knots. To get- how do you tie a knot? He should have oh taught God, her how to un. No, no, no. He should have taught her how to how to untie knots. Damn right. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So actually, like on that, um, on that, with with Elisa's perspective, I felt, I felt so sorry for her. She's like, oh my god, this is the first time I know what desire is. I know. And it was just like really sad. It's it sad, so but sad. it's also, I mean, she is experiencing that now, which is, which is happy fun and, and good like at any age. Get over yeah. This. So yeah. So I mean, it's it's good whenever and... it finds you. She just got to get over this like being married to Hest thing. Like, ah. Eh. Bucket. Yeah, and you know what? She's about to go on a Robin Hobb adventure, so <laughs> she should enjoy her. We should be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> She's just going to be lucky if she isn't depressed forever. <laughs> well, we say that, and yet it looks like, you know, um, the the characters from Live Ship came out fairly well. Um, like Althea and Brashen are clearly, and Paragon, like clearly they're happy. Like they're a happy little family. Yeah. And, you know, we it's we, just fits, really. That's just yeah. Complete. Like we haven't seen much of Selden, so we don't we don't have confirmation of how he actually is. But like Malta and Rain, you know, they're doing okay. And Malta's they get now they have a baby and you're on the way. And you know, Malta's uh, getting rid of the dragons. Probably not too sad about that. <laughs> gives <laughs> gives her more time to enjoy that um, you know uh, crown that she has. Um, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so you know like, so it's not a guarantee that she's gonna be sad if elisa's family is worried about her what happens if she's like declared missing i mean i hmm. think it would take a lot of they'd either have to pay like headhunters to find her or i don't think they would have the resources to try to look for her now Hest does, but he's not there because he's on his little like "fuck you, Cedric." Oh yeah, what's, uh, boner what's party. that guy's? <laughs> yeah, what's that guy's name with the lips? What does he call him? Yeah, like hot lips. Redding, Redding goat or something. Redding coat. Hot, hot lips. Hot lips. That's Redding his name. Hot lips. lips. <laughs> hot lips. If his if his name is Redding coat, then he's like a oh. fucking garment because a Redding goat he's is totally like C O P E. Yeah. Hot lips. He can't Extra cope without him. Red coat. No one's paying attention to me. I know how to spell things. I got <laughs> Um, anything else that we want to talk about? Are you, what are you looking forward to in the next book? I want. I just want them to get to where they're going because this, like, I'm kind of with Thamara. Like this day after day There's hunting. There's four bucks. After. <laughs> four bucks. Four bucks. <laughs> well, but the next <laughs> book has a picture of the fucking city on the cover. They what? find another tapestry. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> it is called Dragon. Haven. Yeah, so they gotta get somewhere that's good. Which not character? blood of dragons, confusingly. <laughs> Which character would you give a Valentine to? Rapscow. Yeah. Or Tat. One of the two. <laughs> For different reasons. I mean, if. Yeah. Maybe the. Uh, maybe Carson's nephew. He sounded nice and innocent and, and cute. Oh, Carson's Freckle faced boy. <laughs> if I were Elise, yeah, you know, Leftrin, but I'm not Elise. 
I'm going to give one to Tarman. Yeah, Tarman. that's Aww. the correct answer. Jenny in. <laughs> <laughs> the copper dragon. Kingsley. Hebe. Hebe's the cutest. Hebe. So give my valentine to Hebe. I love it when he's like, what's Hebe's name? And he's like, it's Hebe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is my, my dragon Hebe. He's sample. <laughs> called her Hebe and she liked it that's her name now yeah, it's like, like, that's... like he gave up his name Record's like he you know forgot what his it's name fine. decided he'd rather be Hebe. like I don't it's even okay. know she... <laughs> like, if he doesn't worry about care that. I don't care <laughs> alright so Rapskull we are looking you're made for each other we're looking, yeah, we're looking forward to the further adventures of Rapskull and Hebe. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, <laughs> Cedric's Gregor Samsa adventure. And <laughs> who knows what's going to happen to him tomorrow? Probably something awful. Hopefully, Elise learns how to untie a knot. And uh, <laughs> we'll figure out why Carson and his nephew are there. Yeah, I think that could be interesting to see what what they do. I'm looking forward to Graft falling in a pit a or something. Yeah. I hope he gets eaten by a dragon. I hope Sucks. he gets eaten by his dragon. I hope he doesn't even get <laughs> yes. eaten. I hope he just gets like stepped on and crushed by a dragon. What if a herd of river pigs trample right? over him? Oh. Ooh. It's a cute way to go. <laughs> uh, all right, every episode prompts. This be my crew, character introductions and exits. We just did that. Skipping. Shady business adventures. Who is being shady? Everybody. Jess. Cedric. Cedric. Jess. Cedric. Grift. One of them hunters is going to be shady. For sure. Yeah. One of them. Well, that was Jess. It's Jess. <laughs> or it's just like a spoiler. Just, it says Jeff it in whatever, the thing. It says it. It's Jeffrey. Jeff. Jeffrey. 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 Joffrey. Joffrey. Uh, yeah. Uh, what a tangle. What are those dragons doing? They're mooing. They're they're moving. They're hunting. They're mooing. They're remembering mm-hmm. what it's like to be dragons. They're bleeding. Mooing. They're earning all of their camping badges for Girl Scouts. <laughs> they're growing they're getting bigger and, and, in, and in Hebe's case they're practicing how to fly so just running just just running just running <laughs> with her wings out you know that you know that video of that elderly bat that goes on like the flying yes. walks yes Centaur's like that's Hebe. not how you fly <laughs> they just bat Rascal just holds her wings open while she runs and he's like you're it's flying like, he holds her like he would a small dog in a pool <laughs> oh man love her uh, boats why are they great don't forget Tar Man he's getting a valentine oh, it's fine he is he's looking always Definitely, he saw Tar- the Valentine Tar- has googly eyes on it. Tarman's got his eye on the uh, on the, uh, the the matron of the next generation. He's like, "I'm gonna make this happen for you, bro. If I have to <laughs> knock that motherfucker off into the water, I will." Don't worry, <laughs> he ain't he ain't going back down this river. He ain't taking her back. <laughs> uh, 
and related dismantling the patriarchy badassery animal husbandry and expired fashions from jamelia cedric's uh fashion is not doing great oh he had to <laughs> throw he had to throw away his fancy boots because i hope they got so dirty and bloody he threw his clothes overboard like when you that's that's drastic like i would at least try to wash them at least the boots like i can maybe the, the shirt and the pants are expendable but like the boots like damn son like from um, the man who was so upset at some burn marks on Hest's shirts, now he's just throwing his clothes overboard. Yeah, it might have been more of like yeah. in a temper tantrum. Like, oh, I can't get these stains out. Just <laughs> throws them overboard. <laughs> That's true because someone like Fitz would have just kept wearing them and been like, "Blood, Do I blood." Smell? <laughs> People would have been like, "That needs to come off your body." That's horrific that you're making us look at that. <laughs> He would have like, it's still functional. It covers all the bits. <laughs> Even the new ones that I'm growing. When they're like, not from behind. And he's like, oh, you just matter. hang out a hook for a couple behind. days and then go back and get it. Be like, it's a clean shirt. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it was red when I brought it. <laughs> okay. Reminder for our next reading section, we will be reading Dragon Haven prologue through chapter four, and we do have a bit of a content warning on chapter one uh, for sex with a minor and some voyeurism to go along with it. So it's a little squicky. Chapter uh, one. You know, chapter straight one. away. Do it. I'm going to go ahead and call uh, not chapter you know... one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> It's like YA level, so you're not, you know. I'm going to call not chapter one, too, because I think I've done, like, all the other gross chapters that we've had, like, the last, (laughs) every, every, every book in this trilogy. (laughs) If you Uh, want this part ignored, I will do chapter one. (laughs) (laughs) thing happens. Carrying on. (laughs) This has been Bucky Bradio. You can email us at buckybradio at gmail. Let us know if we can read your email on air or sing it. Remember, duets needed. Uh, I'm Rachel. Oh, you can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa, and I am at the newly renovated AlyssaMainer.com. Fancy. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faces Free on Instagram, where there is no singing. <laughs> I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay. I'm Ashley. I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. I'm Elena. You can find me at Moth Elena. Throw it to the spoilers. The only thing I had in my notes was the way that I just remember well, the way that Carson and because since we talked about Carson, the way that Carson ta- tries to talk to Cedric about <laughs> being gay. 
he's like, you know, it's like the boy. He's, he's got a crush on you. You're like the most handsome man he's ever seen. I mean, you're the most handsome man I've ever seen. And said, and it's and Cedric's like, what? What's happening? <laughs> Are you? Have you come to kill me? Gaydar, <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> Despite being gay, amazing. Just, he's yeah. The the whole part where he's just like, mm, okay, well, uh, the reason that I kind of took him under my wing is because I felt like he would never, you know, be a father with a wife and stuff, you know? You know, right? <laughs> yeah, so you know. Like, like, what? Like, is there something wrong with him? <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, he's impotent? <laughs> like... Is he impotent? <laughs> yeah, that whole scene, so good. Amazing. Cedric's so dumb. <laughs> He, talk about himbos right himbos. we're wealthy now in himbos <laughs> it's about time so they think they think that Relpta is Schreiber oh he was Schreiber but it does make sense that Mercor was like protective but I also kind of feel like Mercor would be protective of any of the dying dragons at that point especially that's, female, yeah. but... that's how I felt too I don't know if it was someone in particular I mean it, but isn't Hebe really all of us <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with her I'm sorry <laughs> I guess um, I haven't really I guess I haven't decided yeah I don't think it's I, I'm not built for this level of deep thinking I too am a Hebe. I'm looking it up. Um, they kept talking about uh, who gets to get eaten by a dragon. Do you know who gets eaten by a dragon? Hest. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yep. <laughs> In the cinematic event of the century. Yeah. No. It's amazing. It's great. It's because you think you know who you want to have be eaten by a dragon but then <laughs> it's the character who fucking deserves it the most <sighs> so good that's the part I read that I was like this is like a movie sorry I'm reading a thread that's uh... okay read on I'll talk to myself about little red dragons you can't ride on my little red dragon there's another person who thinks that Shriver is Hebe. Oh, okay. If that's what that person thinks, then I'm just a follower, and I also think that. But such, but Sasuria, Sasuray, definitely the one that's attached to Tarman. Oh yes, the legs, <laughs> Tarman's legs. <laughs> Which is it? The left leg or the right leg? Looking at all the lists. So there's Hebe, who is small and red. And Varus, who is a regular green dragon. And then Ralpta, who is copper. It's a cool color. I don't know. I guess I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do on this read through? I'm going to pay a special attention to that and decide who I think Shriver is. Okay. Hebe or Relpta. That's a good goal. Yeah. Um, 
Yep, that's it. That's all I got. Yep. I I mean, yeah, I didn't sleep, went to work, fell asleep, woke up, had two shots of gin, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't do most of the prep that I would do because I was furiously trying to get the episode edited and up, so. You did Sorry. great. Are we taking a break? No. Oh. Okay. Uh, should we? They're so short. What do you want to take a break? You just read them. <laughs> I'm tired. It's okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's go. Not taking a break. Okay. The numbers are in the shitter. We can't uh, take fun. a break. <laughs> no one likes these dragon books that are my favorite books. It's okay. <laughs> the next one is good. I think a lot happens. So we get we get horrible scenes of worm extraction we get the flood <laughs> yeah all right well any other any other theories no nope. um not that i remember you all asked right. them for their theories and i just s- fell asleep again a little micro sleep oh <laughs> all right well then we will uh we'll talk we'll talk in the next episode okay bye bye bye